After yesterday's victory, there's a lot to talk about when we talk about Angels baseball. And we want to discuss, should the Angels run more? Should they steal more bases, that is? And if so, who should be the stolen base king on this team? All that and more coming up. It's time to get Locked On with Mike and John, and this is Locked On Angels. You are Locked On Angels, your daily Los Angeles Angels podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. John and I, thank you for making Lockdown Angels your first listen of the day. We're available on all platforms like Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And the best way to help us out is by giving us a rate and a review. And those watching on YouTube, make sure that you're subscribed and click the bell to be notified every time a new episode drops. Thank you for being here for this episode of Lockdown Angels, where it's your team every day. The number one daily Los Angeles Angels podcast. You've got the Frisch Brothers here with you, a.k.a. the Super Halo Bros. My name is John, and that's my brother, Mike. And my name is Mike, and that's my brother, John. We are lifelong fans of the Halos, and we're hoping that our fan-guided wisdom and insight can help this team get to a World Series this season. That's what we want, Mike. That's what we're aiming for here. And Heck so yeah. we've, uh, off, we're off to a good start. Hey, that's our second season with you at Locked On Angels. And we want to let you know that coming up on Friday, tomorrow's show? Wow, it's already Friday. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what a week, huh? Yeah. <laughs> coming up tomorrow, we are doing mon- uh, uh, not Monday Mailbag, it's Fan Mail Friday. <laughs> Fan Mail Friday. Yes. Every Friday. And if you want to get at us, get at us at Lockdown Angels on Twitter, at Super Halo Bros on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to give us a call, you got the number on the screen. Or if you're listening on the audio side, it's 714-409-6396. That will be in the episode description for both YouTube and audio and a podcast, wherever you get your podcasts, we'll have that in there for you. Whew. I'm, I'm flustered because <laughs> yes. I was having heart palpitations during that, uh, that game yesterday, Mike, and I'm still recovering. That was a game. And we're going to talk about that in just a moment. We're also going to talk about how the angels should probably steal more. And yes, and we got to talk about Taylor Ward being a top five left fielder. But Johnny, why don't you get us started by talking about that uh, that game where you needed to take a nitro for your heart? Yeah, a little <laughs> right? nitroglycerin. Yeah. Uh, it was a great game. Otani versus Chris Flexen, who looks like Chris Cy Young Flexen against the Angels every Always. single time we play against that guy. Every time. <laughs> you know, the, the big thing there was that he was locating pitches and he was locating them well. Also, the Angels are having trouble catching up with the fastball. There's been a lot of talk this yeah. offseason about swinging at the fastball, but I saw so many guys swinging and missing on the fastball, and that doesn't look promising. But let's get to the good news here. The fact is, Otani got his first W of the season, and it had a lot to do with what he did himself. He was right. struggling with command in the cold weather, but he ended up going six innings pitch, one earned run, Eight strikeouts, Mike, on 111 pitches. Now, he did have four walks and two hit batsmen, but his last inning, he struck out the side. So yes. he ended in tremendous Otani fashion. He Otanied the situation as he always does. And, and again, those first few innings were a little bit wild. He found it. He battled through. And I looked at Baseball Savant, and I saw that the spin on Otani's fastball, his sinker, and his cutter were all below average what he usually throws. And like I said, Yubi attributed that to the cold weather. Then <laughs> there's also some weird violations against yeah. Otani, yeah. one as a pitcher and one as a hitter. So add that to his Hall of Fame resume because <laughs> that's yes. the only one it's going to happen to. The first and only to have a pitching violation, a pitch clock violation as a hitter and as a pitcher. But he got through it. He powered through it. He helped himself out with some 
uh, RB, with an RBI later in the game. Why don't yeah. you talk about how the Angels scored in this one? Johnny, we, we talked about it on yesterday's show. The bottom of the lineup needs to come through. And then we specifically talked about Logan Ohapi and how we are Ohapi with Ohapi. And yeah. we talked about how he needs to be competitive and that his his spot in the lineup doesn't need to be a dead zone because it's been a dead zone uh, that game we watched the other night and then also last year. Mm-hmm. And it was as if he heard us, John, because he continues to impress. He had a big two-run home run in this game. Angels were down one to nothing, and then he put them up two to one. Yes, he did. And uh, man, I, I I jumped out of my chair. I was I was I was watching it at my real job, and uh, I jumped out of my chair because I was really excited about Ohapi being back in the lineup, but then hitting that home run, crushed that ball, and then. Speaking of crushing, but maybe not crushing, uh, Mike Trout and Shohei Otani had RBI singles late in the game, add-on runs. Yeah, and Trout's single went uh, 68 miles an hour, and Otani's yes. single went 67 miles an hour. Exactly. They just little little squibs, but it was great. It was great that they knocked in the run. Trout was an infield single. JP Crawford couldn't get him out, and then Otani had another little squib and got an RBI single, and that was. That was huge because the big issue in this game was they couldn't get hits with runners in scoring position outside of Mike Trout and Shohei Otani. Mike, they just could not deliver with runners in scoring position, and it was so frustrating because it ended up being a lot of the time Mike Trout and Shohei Otani on base, and then you have Hunter Renfro batting cleanup, which makes sense because he's a power bat. Right. But he was not connecting on anything, not even making contact, getting struck out, Drury struggled with a lot of the same thing, just not making contact. I will say people were giving those two grief against uh, Matt Brash, Mm -hmm. but some of those, Matt Brash was pinpoint, dude. He was throwing sliders, painting the corners with his fastball. So I really have to give it up to Matt Brash in that moment for striking out Renfro and Drury. But but at the same time, these guys have to deliver with runners in scoring position. Uh, And it should have been, not as tight of a game as it was. They're very fortunate that they held on and and that the bullpen was able to lock it down and keep it going because <laughs> yeah, man, I, I was losing my breath there. Deep and, breath, and- deep breath when the bullpen came in, John. Especially uh, in those late innings when it was four to three. Uh, mm-hmm. I loved Brennan Drury at first base. They moved him over there late in that the game huge. and made a great play in the eighth yeah. inning. Big stop to close out that inning. And then it's always a toss up. And when when Otani was finishing the sixth inning and then they showed the bullpen and Aaron Loop was warming up, warming up, <laughs> I, I literally yelled out, no, no, Phil, no, no Phil. This is yeah. not what we do. And then he ended up not coming in. It was Matt Moore and then Jimmy Herget, And they both were not great. They gave oh, up two runs. Uh, but go, go ahead. Go ahead. Matt Moore was fine. Matt Moore gave up a walk. He then he took out the next two. And then Phil Nevin brought in. Jimmy Herget. And what's frustrating yeah. to me about that is it's right out of the Madden playbook. It's right. a it's a righty righty matchup. And and people were like, well, you know, Ty France does hit lefties well. I checked the stats, Mike. The career totals are pretty much right in line with righties. So I don't know that it made a difference. I think it was a very huh. old school move to want a righty righty matchup in Herget versus Ty France. But Matt Moore is somebody who can go multiple innings. He's somebody who's been a starting pitcher before doesn't need to play the lefty-righty matchups yeah. in order to be successful. I think you just let Matt Moore finish the inning clean, and maybe Herget doesn't give up the the two RBIs that he gave up yeah. to two earned runs. So maybe. to me, it just felt very Madden playbook, and yeah. I want to give Nevin credit, but so far this season, 
He's doing a lot of Joe Madden things that I didn't think Phil Nevin would do. Maybe he has these new toys and he's still figuring them out. Sure. Right? Like, yeah. you know, he didn't bring S, uh, Carlos Estevez in when, uh, when Loop was going to pitch uh, and Shohei's first start and mm-hmm. probably should have brought him in. And then he didn't even bring Matt Moore in that game. And so it still feels like he's getting to know these guys. It's, sure. it's the bummer part is, is that it seems like fans are like, no, bro, do this. <laughs> it's very easy. You know? yeah, yeah, I think they're overcomplicating things. But yeah. the, the the fact is we ended up with Jose Quijada saving the game. Yes. And whew, again, <laughs> heart now, palpitations. <laughs> I, I, I get it. Can I, I want to push back on you just a little bit there. I, and I know you're not being negative about him, but I think Quijada thrives in these moments. Oh, I, think I agree. 100% this, agree. This is, this is exactly what he needs. And I know that he needs to prove that he has earned these moments, but you saw on the WBC, this guy this guy was so excited to be in mm-hmm. that in that moment with mm-hmm. those guys. And when he gave up the single that Renhifo just missed, just sure. missed his glove, you could see that he was mad, not at Renhifo, but at, mad at himself. Mm-hmm. And then when he when he got the strikeout and then he got the pop out, like it was so cool to see him so excited and so pumped up. I think that this guy just was built for this. And now it's time for Quijada to prove that he can be trusted in these moments. And yesterday, even though it was tight, I, I think it was more heart palpitations for us because we just haven't seen the bullpen be a strong bullpen. But I think Quijada took one really big giant step forward in earning the trust of Phil Nevin and earning the trust of this team. I saw a great tweet from a fan of the podcast, fan of the show, friend of the show at mama Ruffin or at bolts and halos. She goes by mama Ruffin. And she said, this is a game that the angels lose last year. Yeah. Oh and yeah. I totally agree with that. Mama now, got it. It was an April game, so the April team was pretty good last season. However, later on, it was not that. And so for the fact that the Angels won 4-3 to three and are now 4-2 and two after the first two series, yep. Mike, we've said since day one, even to our old podcast, you got to win series. you got to win series every single time. And that's what the Angels did here. They've taken two and out of three from Oakland and, and two on out the of three road. on that's Seattle. Great. Yeah, on the road. They get to come back home tomorrow on Friday for the home opener against the Blue Jays. Patrick Sandoval's going in that one. So it's going to be a great homecoming for the Halos, who are now 4-2. and two. And where does that put the Mariners? 2-5, <laughs> and five, I believe. Yeah, 2-5 in the basement. Yeah, that's a shame. Yeah. Anyway, coming up on Lockdown Angels, should the Halos steal more as we talk about runners and scoring position and things like that? With the new rules, eh, we think that they might need to, but we'll discuss that coming right up. Today's show is brought to you by eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure that every player is a perfect fit. And it's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time that you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors with the eBay Guarantee Fit. You can be sure that every part that you need fits right and fits right the first time. Just add your ride to My Garage and look for the green check to know that the part will fit or your money back. And because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors and with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. And after all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. So get the right parts, the right fit at the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride eligible items only exclusions do apply and locked on angels is brought to you by built bar you know that if you're looking for a delicious treat and you don't want all the fat and calories and all the bad stuff 
you got to go out and get yourself some built bars because healthy is actually tasty. They're so delicious that you won't even know that they're good for you. They'll fool you. We just passed April Fool's Day, and here we are eating built bars because they're good for you. What makes them so good? For starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. They come in delicious flavors like churro and peanut butter brownie and coconut almond. They taste like a candy bar while remaining healthy. There's only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein, so it's great for an after-workout snack or maybe you're skipping lunch because you're busy for the day. Grab yourself a Built Bar, and if you are ready to have a Built Bar, you've got three chances to get yourself a box. First, you can go to the website, Built.com. They have a wide selection of bars and puffs, and you can also head to Walmart, your nearest Walmart. Head on over to the pharmacy section. You can get a four-bar box of Built Bars, and then if you're ready to upgrade, and be the king of all built bars. Get yourself a 13 bar box from Sam's Club and get brownie batter and churro cookies and cream. Whew, I'm getting hungry just thinking about built bars. Built bars and built puffs, you gotta try this. John, there's been a hole in left field over the last maybe 10, 25 years. Five years. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, Garrett Anderson's a part of that. But I know, I know. That left field has always been a hole, and so they've tried to fill it with all sorts of different players, right? And then last year in right field, suddenly Taylor Ward becomes really good. Yeah. And then we sign Hunter Renfro, make a trade for him, and so they announced that Taylor's going to go to left field. And mm-hmm. again, in April, he's really good. So... We need to give some love to this guy because this guy has started to figure it out. He's he's becoming who I think a lot of people didn't think he could become. And one of the guys that actually believed in Taylor Ward right from the start was Trent Woodward. And he's been the guy that has been working with Taylor on his swing. And he recently tweeted out a video of Ward in the minor leagues mm-hmm. and then Ward this season. And mm-hmm. the video shows a huge difference between his batting stance before and now and the improvement in his swing. The first video shows Ward in the minor leagues holding the bat like a typical hitter. Mm-hmm. His hands were really high. The bat was straight up and down. And then the second video shows Ward's stance this season. Hands really quiet, bat really quiet, resting on his shoulder. Kind of like when I was playing softball, John, and I would just oh, rest it on me. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah, okay. we remember I was, that. Wow. I was Taylor Ward before Taylor Ward. Uh, he was resting it on his shoulder, quick hands to the ball. And then Woodward tweeted this. Many people don't realize the work Taylor Ward has put in over the last six years to be where he is today. Hmm. Committed to his craft, always working to be the best version of himself. And then he also tweeted, he's a great player, but he's an even better player person and i love, love that i love hearing that and you can you can kind of get a sense that he just seems to be like a good dude right totally, totally. and he, he impressed last april now he's having another really good april and the question that we want to ask as we give some love to taylor ward is what is a full taylor ward healthy full season actually look like from the stats perspective, Johnny. Man, I think that he's if, if he's fully healthy, he's going to hit around that 280 mark this season. I think that he could reach 25 home runs this season for the first time in his career. We thought he would get close to that at the end of last season. He ended up with plus 20, which was awesome. Right. And if he's got a full and healthy season where he's not running into walls, he had a little bit of a scare on Tuesday night catching that foul ball, which 
he handled perfectly. Which Absolutely. It was great to see. But if he's a healthy guy, man, I could just imagine he's going to have easily 80-plus RBIs, I think 25-plus home runs. And I think that him being in left field is a great decision because he's not the best fielder, right? right? I don't think that he's you know an elite outfielder, but he's definitely got the drive. He's He's made some crazy plays in right field. But you can rely on him, Mike. You can trust yeah. that he's going to catch the ball. It's not going to be a, yeah. a weird situation or an air out there. It feels you feel confident when the ball goes Taylor Ward's way, especially with Mike Trout next to him in center field. So for me, I think that he could easily have himself an All Star season. Possibly, I mean, the the ceiling here is getting some MVP votes at the end of the season, if not being in that conversation all season long. I mean, he's got. An incredible average. He's got a patient approach at the plate where he's only swinging at stuff inside the zone. And I would be curious. I got to look this up on Fangraphs to see what his inside the zone swing has been so far versus outside the zone because it doesn't seem like he's chasing yeah. a lot. And if you are going to strike Taylor Ward out, it's just because you fooled him. You had something in the zone and it dropped out at the bottom or it ran away from him. But man, he is putting it together so far. I know it's been six games but he's somebody that it feels like you can count on as a great left fielder. Yeah, and his goal is to have a, a 900 OPS this season, and mm-hmm. so he's, he's well on his way. He's over 1,000 right now uh, as of this recording after six games. John, is he a top five left fielder in your opinion? I think he can be. I was I was thinking about you know some of the some of the guys who might be on that list. I got it pulled up here. You got Randy Arozarena, who obviously has mm. been a stud. Kyle Schwarber is more of the offensive threat. I mean, yeah. he's constantly hitting bombs. Think about Jock Peterson, maybe Stephen Kwan, who hmm. uh, had a great season with the Guardians last year. I think that he can be better than Stephen Kwan. I think that he can be better than Jock Peterson. I, I would even say that maybe Taylor Ward is a better Jock Peterson. I yeah. know that we were kind of wondering if the Angels would sign Jock, but I do like the trade they made for Hunter Renfro, given his defense in the outfield. So I think that Taylor Ward will be on people's top five list by the end of the season for sure. Uh, uh, speaking of Jock Peterson. Yeah. Ward was almost traded for Jock Peterson and Ross Stripling of the Dodgers. Was this 2019? 2020. It was right before it was 2020, going down. Right? It was going down during spring training before everything shut down. Yeah. And it wasn't put to a stop because of the pandemic. It was put to a stop because it involved Taylor Ward and I think Luis Renjifo was right. part of that trade. Yeah. Uh, now I will say it involved Jock Peterson and Ross Stripling. And I think Andy Pajes was also oh, part okay. of that deal. And he obviously is turning into a great prospect for the Dodgers Yeah, and would have been a, a great outfield addition to our outfield in the minor league system. But uh, yeah, Mike, uh, you, you know who put a stop to that, right? It was Artie. I know. Artie put a stop to that. That was the most like surprising thing. I don't know what he saw in Ward or in Hifo. I don't know if it was about money or if it was about the player. Maybe it was about money because it's Artie. But um, what an interesting thought. What an interesting nugget. Johnny, if if you could do that trade today, Renjifo and Ward for Peterson, Stripling, and Andy Pajes, would you do it? I don't think I would considering we have such great outfield depth in the system now, and we've got guys who are emerging in that outfield and even past Adele and Moniac, you've got more outfield guys really showing up 
in the minor leagues this season. And then you don't have Jock and Ross on this team right. after 2020, right? So right. You're, you're missing out on them. Plus it was the 60 game season and it would have been a, a Mickey Mouse championship in the World Series if they even got there. It certainly probably would have helped out this team. But at the same time, I, I am glad that we have Taylor Ward to see him turn into who he's turned into and Luis Renjifo as well. He's really coming into his own. I think, you know, he's off to a little bit of a slow start, but better approach at the plate, better and uh, not swinging at junk up there like he's been in the past, not trying to crush the ball, just taking base hits when he can, being a lot more patient at the plate too, Luis Renjifo. Maybe he learned something from Taylor Ward and Trent Woodward, who, by the way, Trent Woodward is a uh, like an outside resource that they've hired uh, within the Angels system. So they they have him as a consultant for hitting. And I think he's really earned that job considering the development that Taylor Ward's made. Locked on Angels is brought to you by So Rare. It's a revolutionary fantasy baseball game and marketplace, and it's transforming fans into owners with officially licensed digital cards featuring players from across all 30 MLB teams. And unlike other fantasy baseball platforms, So Rare managers truly own their fantasy experience, collecting, buying, selling, and competing with player cards against global opponents and winning epic, John, epic rewards win or lose you still own your cards and there's no cost to play plus the more you win the more you advance collecting increasingly powerful cards and accessing next level competitions and rewards head to so rare.com slash locked on today that's spelled s-o-r-a-r-e.com slash locked on to draft your team of free player cards Set your lineup and start competing today to win epic rewards. That's so rare.com slash locked on to start playing today. Mike, you know that we have Fan Mail Friday coming up tomorrow, but we had a question from frequent listener James Russell Barton on Instagram. What's up, James? That we needed to dedicate a segment to, especially after yesterday's game. And here is the question, and here's why we're going to talk about it. I think successful teams are teams that steal. It's bugging me that the Angels aren't running. We have four guys, at least, that could all have 20-plus steals a year. I'd also love for Trout to run more. I know he hasn't run a whole lot since about 2019, but he could have a 40-40 season if he wanted to. Ooh, 40-40 hmm. season. Dang, I, I love that. <laughs> I love the uh, the enthusiasm. I don't know about 40-40, but I could definitely see him getting, you know, at least 15 bags if he really tried. Right. Uh, because he's still got the wheels, as we saw yesterday when he hit that little dribbler and drove in an RBI on it. He had a sprint speed of, I think, about 33 or so Shoot. was the number that he's came flash, out. But dude. <laughs> basically, it was his fastest uh, down the line this season. Yeah. Mike, here is where stolen bases sit currently, considering the new rules and the bigger bases that are out there. Last season, four games in, there were 29 successful steals out of 43 for a rate of 67.4%. This season, through the first four games... 70 successful steals out Dang. of 84 attempts for an 83.3% success rate in terms of stolen bases. So yeah. you can see that the new rules in terms of how many times you can throw over the pitch clock and the bigger bases are already having an influence on the game. So Mike, 
Is James right? Do the Angels need to steal more? Do they need to try stealing more? Yes, absolutely. And I think the reason why is because of the things that you've just mentioned, Hmm. but also they only can throw over twice. And if they throw over the third time, they have to pick you off or Mm -hmm. you get the base, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think guys like Trout and Otani should look to steal more. Hmm. I don't know if they're going to get to double digits or if they're going to get to 20 stolen bags but they're just smart base runners. You know right. who else is a smart base runner? Taylor Ward. And yeah. instead of just looking at like the fast runners, I think that what these new rules do is it actually benefits smart base running. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you saw, was it the other night? I can't remember who it was. Maybe it was Ty France who stole third. And he, he, hasn't, he hasn't he had was, a stolen base in like 96 years. Yeah. I mean, the guy, he, he the guy watched, doesn't do that. He watched Reed Detmers yeah. throwing in his big rainbow arching curveball, which is the perfect pitch to go on right and and right. and ty france recognized that that detmers was starting a lot of hitters out with that curveball and he was able to steal third i saw mariners fans going the, the, hell froze over ty france yeah. stole a base yeah i think that actually was his first major league stolen base if i recall wow. and so i think that this actually really benefits the smart base runner and the angels have smart base running. And remember when the team was really successful, it was when they were playing sociable hit and run mm-hmm. first to third. And then there was that stolen base element that you had to pay attention to Sean Figgins on that team mm-hmm. was always so fast and so good in 2002. I mean, he was the pinch runner and you knew he was going mm-hmm. and you still couldn't stop him. But Eric Ibar, Howie Kendrick, those guys were really strong at base running and would steal some bags as well. So, John, I think that this whole lineup has an opportunity to steal. I think the guys that could take advantage of this would be guys like Louis Renjifo, Taylor Ward, Mm -hmm. Shohei Otani. I think Mike Trout could take advantage of this. They're smart base runners. They're fast base runners. And the distance between the bases now is is a lot shorter. So I think the Angels need that, especially if they're going to struggle with runners in scoring position. This way, it puts pressure on the defense and it puts pressure on the pitcher. If you get a runner at second, you get a runner at third, and then they pull the infield in, that actually benefits your team rather than Mm -hmm. the defense. And so I think there's only up and to the right when it comes to being a team that steals bags. I only think that that benefits your team. I don't think it harms your team, especially with the new rules. Obviously, Brett Phillips is an option. Yeah. And he even came in to pinch run the other night, didn't steal, and everyone went, (laughs) why didn't you steal? Why didn't Nevin send him, right? I also think, Mike, you might like this, Logan O'Hoppy has some wheels. Yes. You can see that when he runs from home plate to first, and even if it's like a ground out, it's a close play. It's a bang bang play. Yeah. So I could see Logan O'Hoppy being a guy who can be a stolen base threat as well. But here, going back to yesterday's game and all those runners in scoring position not coming through at or the hitters not coming through at the plate with runners in scoring position. There's no better way to get to a pitcher mentally than to make them think that you're a stolen base threat. Mm-hmm. And if you want to impact their train of thought, their line of thinking on the mound, what the base runner should be doing is being a threat to steal. They have to get inside the pitcher's head somehow. That only benefits the batter at the plate. That only makes it harder on the pitcher to concentrate on the hitter at the plate. And honestly, Mike, I think that's why the Angels are struggling with runners in scoring position. It's because it's still a one-on-one battle between the pitcher and and Great the hitter yep. because Great the point. angels have made it pretty clear so far through six games that they're not going to run and they're we're not staying right here. Yeah. We're staying right here. <laughs> and so then you have guys like Flexen or Matt Brash able to just focus on the hitter 
at hand and not have to worry about who's on base or if anything is up and and happening. And so I think that if you want to interfere with a pitcher and get inside his head and make that matchup a little bit more challenging so that the hitter can deliver with runners in scoring position, you've got to be a stolen base threat in order to get inside that pitcher's head. Well, thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen today. Now for your second listen, check out the Locked On Fantasy Baseball podcast. They're going to help you with your fantasy baseball strategies. They're going to give you the best strategies to win your league. You can find their podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and on YouTube, and they are a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Be sure you give us a follow at Locked On Angels on Twitter and at Super Halo Bros on Twitter and Instagram. If you haven't seen it already, we've been doing post-game videos after every game, and we're going to continue those through the weekend as well. You can catch those on YouTube. You can catch them on Instagram Reels. You can catch them on Twitter as well. So be sure you give us a follow on social media so you can catch those post-game Reels and Shorts where we have a quick 60-second recap. Hey, Mike, what do we have on deck for tomorrow's show? It is Fan Mail Friday. So, man, we would love to hear from you on all socials. You can send us a direct message. You can comment below, or you can give us a call. In fact, if you haven't called us, give us a call. Leave us about a 30-second question and and a thought. We'd love to hear from you. 714-409-6396. It's always good to hear the sultry sounds of your voice. It's Fan Mail Friday tomorrow on Locked on Angels. All right, friends, enjoy today's day off. Off, maybe come down from that adrenaline rush of the bullpen coming in, scaring all of us. And we'll meet you back here tomorrow for more Locked On Angels. Until then, my name is John, and that's my brother Mike. And my name is Mike, and that's my brother John. Thanks for being here with us, and we'll see you back here for Fan Mail Friday.